Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, author, life coach, public speaker, and the host of Rave It Up. If this is the first time you're listening, we help you build a life that you can rave about through our interviews with celebrities and successful people and through our books and courses. We sit down with successful people and find out how they got to where they are today so you can do the same. Why not live the life of your dreams? Your new life starts here. Now today, we have a chat over Zoom with Dominican Bachata dancers and teachers Marcela and Luis Miguel from Los Bonatios. We're going to talk to them about their dance career, how they met, and also about their love story. I had so much fun with these guys today, and it was good practice for my Spanish too. Marcela translates everything in this interview, so if you don't know Spanish, it's okay. This interview is for everyone. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Let's get into it now. Before we get into today's interview, we would like to give a shout out to our Patreons, Irene, Bev and Michael. If you haven't heard of Patreon before, it is a great way to support us and keep us running and improving. You pick a membership tier that suits you and your budget per month and in return for supporting us, we'll give you behind the scenes content and free stuff. You don't have to give much either. You can be a part of our Patreons for as little as $4 a month. Just visit patreon.com forward slash rave it up. You can even donate through PayPal if you don't trust other sites. You can do so just through our email, raveituptv at gmail.com. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us. We appreciate anything you can do to support us. Now, let's get into this interview. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Rave it up. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. Adam Savani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Irish. Hi, this is Arthur Butcher. It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving it up. Rave it I'm up. having fun. Hashtag Lauren, rave it up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. <laughs> We're raving it up. Marcella and Luis Miguel, welcome to our show finally. How are you guys going today? Como estas? We're doing great. <laughs> it's so much fun to be on an interview all the way from Australia. I know, other side of the world. (laughs) Well, before we get into a little bit of your dance career and find out how you guys made it to where you are today, I actually wanted to talk to you guys about you guys individually because Marcelo, you're from Sweden and Luis Miguel, you're from Dominican Republic. So how did you guys even meet? They're very different parts of the world. (laughs) Yeah, it's como nos encontramos. So what Sorry. happened is uh, I started traveling to the Dominican Republic in 2009 and we always done the same events, but never at the same time. So eventually I went social dancing one night. It was like a pre-party for an event. And there was Luis Miguel with some friends. He asked me to dance a salsa. And then we danced another salsa. <laughs> uh, he said it was, lo- it was love at first sight, but... For me, it really wasn't. Uh, (laughs) I was too focused on my career before the pandemic. So this was January 2020. And then, uh, you know, what happened? Pandemic, Dominican Republic shut down. Mm. uh, And Luis Miguel finally found me on Instagram. So he started writing to me. And uh, I wasn't very interested at first. But then I was in Egypt for a festival. And when I got home, I got COVID. So I was laying in bed, super sick, and he was texting me every day. 
asking me, how are you feeling? Did you eat? How is your fever? Did it go down? And after a few weeks of that, he was like, well, you should really give me a chance. I'm not like other Dominican guys. Yes. And yeah, we started uh, connecting and we've been together ever since. Oh, that's so beautiful. So really, <laughs> only since like 2020, it's only quite yeah. new, this relationship. Yeah, it's three years and a, and a few months, but we uh, met for the first time in person in January. And then as soon as they opened up Dominican Republic on the 1st of July, I was there on the 4th of July and I stayed for five weeks. We decided that if we don't kill each other on those five weeks, we're good to go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so how quickly did you guys get married and everything too? Or are they just promise rings? <laughs> no, no, we got married uh, on uh, New Year's Eve 2021. Wow. Uh, so we worked together for one and a half years before we got married. Aww. And uh, it was a really nice wedding in our studio in Dominican Republic. I had 20 of my uh, my dance friends. At the wedding, my family came all the way from Sweden and from the U.S. He had family from the U.S. And mm. no, it was really, really beautiful. Oh, yeah. congratulations, guys. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you. Love Thank it for sight. He was just like, oh, dame un besito. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was his, uh, his pickup line, basically. <laughs> yep. I, I say that to my fiance all the time. So I'm learning a little bit of Spanish at home. And that's like my one line I can always say. <laughs> dame un beso. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so were you guys also, you know, when did you start dancing together as dance partners? Was that straight away when getting together? So it's always been love and dancing together? Well, during the pandemic, and during the pandemic, we, uh, when I started getting better from COVID, Luis Miguel was like, oh, let's, uh, let's practice a little bit together. Cause I was really, really depressed. Mm. I think I have never been depressed in my life before. I've always been like the happy person who couldn't get angry, who, like always saw the glass, not even as half full, but I saw it as like the possibility of filling it up, you know? Mm. So in this moment, I had worked two years really, really hard building my brand, Marcela Bachatera. And I just saw in three weeks how all of my two-year plan crashed down. Gigs were canceled. And my economy just went through the window. And he was like, you know what? Let's just, you know, dance a few steps together. Let's make a collab. And then we did the online bachata festival. We were the first festival in the world to be all bachata online. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, so we basically started dancing, but we didn't have like a, a long time plan in the beginning. Mm. It took like a three months. Um, and I wasn't really sure until after those five weeks. As I said, if we didn't kill each other, then it was forever. And uh, it really was. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. 
This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bully or depression. It is available worldwide as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook version. Go to raveituptv.com to buy your copy now. Looking for the most comfortable and fashionable gym clothes around? Introducing Gym XO. They are an eco-friendly brand from the UK. Gymwear made from recycled materials. Pick from some really cute gym sets, tops, bottoms, and there are even options for curvy women. Get 30% off today with free shipping by using our discount code RAVEITUP30 at checkout. Go to gymxo.co.uk today. That is gymexo.co.uk. I did have a little look at your, I guess, backstory, Marcella, that you actually opened your own dance company. What was it back in 2007? So you had, I guess, your own little baby going. So when Mm -hmm. did Los Bonotios, I guess, get born? (laughs) Well, it was during the pandemic. Uh, We were talking um, a lot back and forth. And before the pandemic, Luis Miguel was, El Bonitillo, Luis Mila Salsa. Mm. And I was Marcela Bachatera. And we were just thinking about that poor MC who has to say one name after another. Yes. <laughs> and we started playing with it like Marcela and Luis Miguel, but that was like so informal. And then like one day else. I was like, yeah, I was like, you're El Bonitillo. Maybe we could be Los Bonitillos. Ooh. The pretty ones. <laughs> I love it. It suits you guys beautifully too. You're both really good looking. If babies come along in the future, going to have some really good looking ones. Thank you. De Now, I obviously know what drew you so much to Dominican bachata and just bachata in general, being a bachata dancer myself. But please tell our audience, what drew you guys to it? Was it just the really sexy hip movements? ¿Qué fue lo que a ti te sintió como que contadora de la de la bachata dominicana? Mm. Bueno, en sí uno nace con los movimientos, o sea, es parte de la cultura. Uno ve a sus familiares, amistades, vecinos, etcétera, verlo al día a día, ver cómo absorben la bachata, es como uno nacer en ese ambiente en el cual uno mira y aprende e imita también, pero lo que me llevó al mundo en sí de generalizar más es como los extranjeros eh, aman la cultura y el baile dominicano. So what he's saying is that in Dominican Republic, uh, you watch your siblings, your parents, your friends, the neighbors dance. So it's a natural thing to get engaged to that. But what mm. really uh, made him love the dance was to see how the foreigners travel to Dominican Republic to learn this about their culture. And this love and enthusiasm was what like really got him hooked. 
Mm. And for me, uh, I was a salsera. I started dancing salsa 25 years ago. And actually, yesterday, I celebrated 15 years as a bachatera. Um, Congrats. So I went to this event um, in uh, Gothenburg, Sweden, where they did the second first bachata festival in the world. <laughs> uh, Tony Lara was there as well. Uh, and uh, we... Uh, there was was a DJ friend of mine. He was telling me he got hired for this very suspicious gig in Gothenburg, and he didn't want to go by himself because he was like, I don't know anyone there. Can you please come with me? So we went there, and I had one of the best nights in my life. I danced merengue, bachata, salsa. Before this party, I had only danced bachata, like the last one or two songs at Latin parties. Because mm. that's like the, the dance that people had the chance to like snuggle a little bit before yeah. going home. Hot and sweaty. So I started, exactly. So I started dancing uh, at that party. And there was this gentleman from Finland with a lot of en enthusiasm that was asking me to dance over and over again. And by the end of the night, he was like, okay, so do you know what we're dancing? And I'm like, I think it's bachata. And he was like, well, I'm not dancing like everybody else. I'm dancing Dominican bachata. And you're the first one in Europe who can follow my lead. And I was like, oh, cool. So <laughs> he was like, do you think you could teach what we've been dancing now? And I said, well, I'm a salsa instructor, but I guess that in between the two of us, we could work it out. So he promised to make me a star. And he taught me basically everything I knew back then. And uh, yeah, he, I was uh, suddenly a bachata instructor. And uh, during 2009 and 2010, I think I toured 15 different countries teaching bachata. Wow. And from that day, basically, and forward, bachata was my life. I, I fell in love with the guitar. For me, uh, my dad used to play the guitar for me when I was a kid. Mm. So that guitar, the requinto in the bachata, it was just so amazing and the expressing feelings and it just became something more that connected and spoke to my heart. Yeah. Because salsa was always like about the rhythm and most songs back then didn't have like real lyrics. It was just like, okay, let's eat uh, rice with beans today <laughs> or like uh, the rain is coming or whatever, you know, yes. like it didn't have a story. And for me, uh, being brought up in Europe, it's very important with the lyrics and this lyrics of something happening, the lack of love. Back then I was single. So it like really, it really spoke to me. And it's been, that was really love at first sight forever. <laughs> yes, with, with Dominican bachata. I love that. Because also to mm -hmm. me, it's like very much, it's like party music, you know? Mm -hmm. fiesta, you know <laughs> but to actually get as you said deep in it spoke to your soul i love that absolutely yeah audience if you haven't checked out dominican bachata music you have to go do it because <laughs> i'm i'm guessing with you falling in love with the guitar it it is because you don't hear really that much guitar when it comes to urban and modern bachata but it is very prominent in dominican bachata is that, is that why you've loved that more? Yeah, the Dominican bachata is always recorded with real instruments because mm. it's cheaper and easier for them and the sound quality is so much better. 
Yeah. But when you're making music in a studio or you're making it at home on your computer, it's the most expensive part because the guitar is always unique. Mm. So you got to find someone who takes the time to make the guitar sound unique. And that just gets totally out of the budget. So most, most songs made outside of the Dominican Republic don't have that kind of budget and that luxury to add the guitar. So they started replacing the guitar with the bongos. And now we have a bachata that is completely different. Because yes. for us, the guitar invites the footwork, but the bongo keeps the pace. So mm. it's very confusing for a Dominican dancer to play with the bongo. You don't play with the bingo, you mark the bongo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love how you phrase that too. And I guess it takes you back to that wholesome family feel that Luis Miguel was talking about, where you're surrounded by your family and you want to get up and dance, dance to that guitar sound. I love that. Something that has just amazed me about you, Marcela, today is just how amazingly you translated Luis Miguel's Spanish just then. Did you already know Spanish <laughs> already fluently before meeting? Or has this all been yeah. because of being with him and you've had to do it? Uh, no, uh, my parents are Latin American, uh, but they didn't teach me Spanish. So I had to learn in school with the Swedish kids. Yeah. And uh, I didn't see it that way in the beginning. It was more like, well, if I get to learn a, second, a third language, then I might as well learn my native language. Mm. But then when I started traveling, I just realized, wow, there's so much people who speak Spanish. I really want to learn this. And uh, surrounding myself with Latins, uh, Luis Miguel, uh, all of my friends here. I have Dominican friends for years, uh, people from Chile, Peru, different countries, Colombia. Um, and lately, I'm um, uh, we're watching a lot of movies also in Spanish. I mean, like Spanish is all I hear now. Yes. So it gets a little bit better every day. It was yeah. not this good before I met Luis Miguel, but it was uh, it was pretty good. Do you think it helps because you already knew another language and this is like your third? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. yeah. And then I was like, my huh. third. There is hope and then I used to I used to speak fluently Italian and I have studied both Arab Arabic and Japanese. Whoa. But not gotten very good at none of them. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all right. Speak fluently in Spanish and it's going to work really well for you, which it already is. So thank you for translating today. And uh, it was funny because yeah. I was like picking up words there, here and there that Luis Miguel was saying, mm -hmm. but not the whole, whole sentences. So I'm getting there. There's hope. Fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. In this day and age, we're surrounded by technology and electricity all the time. Like our phones and laptops, phone and radio towers, Wi-Fi, electric power lines, and the appliances in our home. Do you know that these could be damaging your health because of the electromagnetic radiation coming off them? When I found Orgone Effects though and bought their products, I immediately noticed a difference. I started sleeping better and was even calmer and not always high in adrenaline. Orgone Effects has over 20 years experience in developing products to neutralize the harmful effects of EMRs. 
I have six of their products myself now, and I could not recommend them highly enough. These products last a lifetime too, so you only have to buy them once. Go check out their website, orgoneffectsaustralia.com.au. That is O-R-G-O-N-E effectsaustralia.com.au. And type in the coupon code RAVEITUP at checkout. So I wanted to talk about when you guys were younger, because, you know, I'm guessing you were the kind of kids that wanted to get up and dance and not stop moving. But did you ever actually think of it as a career? Did you even have other careers in mind? Like, you know, what they call a little bit of the plan B when people are like, oh, I can't make it as a dancer. Well, um, lo que ella está preguntando es si siempre nos visualizamos como bailarines, como profesión o si teníamos otros sueños que queríamos trabajar antes. ¿O siempre fuimos los niños con el plan? Mm, bueno, eh, mi sueño era ser pelotero, <ríe> jugar béisbol. Pero luego de cumplir 15 años, por ahí, eh, nosotros, o sea, conocía un novio de mi esposa, de, de, tu... de mi hermana, Ana. perdón, novio de mi hermana, que... Él era bailarín profesional y tenía una escuela y me invitó a bailar allá y hoy en día soy lo que soy gracias a esa persona. Google chance. baseball. He wanted to be a baseball player. That was his dream. Uh, and he was really, really good. He actually got like a scholarship, but then he hurt his shoulder. And at the same time, he's older sister got together with uh, a professional dancer at his dance school and he had to go and chaperone her uh, at this school and uh, one day uh, the boyfriend said to him that I want to learn some like um, he also played basketball so he was wanted to know like some tricks and he was like let's switch um uh, services like I teach you dancing and you teach me how to play basketball and then uh, he just got addicted to it he noticed how popular he got with the ladies obviously <laughs> uh, and that he was really really good at it he wanted he actually like he started learning to teach so he was I think two three months dos tres meses y empezaste a enseñar no mm. uh, two three months and he started like assisting that's so boss. his teacher would be like starting off with the beginners and then he would leave Luis Miguel with the beginners and take the more advanced dancers and go to another room and practice them. Mm. Uh, so Luis Miguel always been teaching since like almost the first day, uh, which is very different from, from my start. But yeah. So mm. I... Um, I would say I was one of those kids who wanted to be everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> uh, I always wanted to be something. I was like, oh, I want to be a, a lawyer. And then someone would say, yeah, but if you're a lawyer, you got to defend people who do horrible crimes. And I was like, okay, no, then I don't want to be that. Okay, I want to be uh, work at a zoo. No, but if you work at a zoo, you also get to clean the, like, I, there was always, like, something, and I was very... You're looking easy. at the glamour side of things instead of what it's really yeah, like. Yeah, like, the rom romanticizing it, and people would always tell me the, the bad things, and I would be, like, very easily discouraged. 
And um, I think like the, the thing that I really wanted to be for the longest time was a swimmer. I used to swim nine years as a kid, uh, but I was never good enough at it. Like when I started, I think I came to nine, 10 years old. I was always like a few seconds too slow for my age. Mm. And um, I didn't like, like always feeling like I was worse than everyone else. <laughs> so when I got offered to start coaching uh, the other like younger kids, I was like, okay, maybe this is what I should be doing. Maybe I should be coaching. So at the age of 14, 15, I started coaching swimming and I realized I really love teaching. <laughs> um, and since then, it's always been teaching. I started dancing at 15. Um, at 19, 20, around there, I started assisting the our teachers. Um, I went a year at the university to become a teacher, uh, but realized that no, it's a dance teacher I want to be. So I would say I've been, I know and I've been wanting to be a dance teacher for the past like 20 years. Wow. So it's good. You knew mm -hmm. what you wanted and you went for it. At the yeah. end, you know, you're a bit uh, funny at the beginning. I want to be this, I want to be this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, I, it hasn't always been easy. I mean, most people know that if you're a dance instructor in our field, like in the world, most people don't take that as a, like a real job. Every mm. time I meet someone and they ask me like, what do you do for a living? And I go like, I'm a dance instructor. They're like, okay. And then what do you do? Like, yeah, what else? what's your real job? Yeah. Like what's your yeah. real job? What pays your bills? And I'm like, dance instructor since 2007, like. It's been up and down. Sometimes I've had to have extra jobs, uh, but most of the time dance has been everything for me. I, I don't see myself doing anything else. And I'm guessing starting off, you needed to have a bit of like a side job as well for both of you. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What did you do? A bit of waitering or working in retail or? <laughs> I was a receptionist uh, oh. and uh, I was pretty good at it. So I became uh, both like a hostess uh, at a conference center. Uh, but then I got to another work where I started doing the economics for the job. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it's been uh, reception and uh, and um, uh, and economics. And Luis Miguel, ¿qué tú hacías cuando no bailabas y como trabajo extra? Uf, muchas cosas. <laughs> <laughs> bueno, Era pintor de casa, eh, trabajé un tiempo en un taller de mecánica pintando carros, eh, trabajé en un almacén de computadoras, trabajé en un parque de diversión, trabajé en McDonald's, seguridad, seguridad privada, animador, eh, animador restaurante and discotecas yeah so he's cool. basically done everything uh, he started a car mechanic and was a car driver and then restaurant yeah, painter yeah i was like uh, trying to pick up what i could a, he worked at a, a factory for computers wow. he's worked in security waitering like basically everything, everything that he needed to do as soon as you could right whatever you could get yeah <laughs> 
Exactly, since 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this question is for you, Marcella, and I'm sorry, <laughs> there's not as many for Louis McGill because you're going to have to translate everything. But I did yeah. want to know, especially like woman to woman, when you opened up your own dance company in 2007, how was it opening it up as a young woman? Like, w- did you get treated differently wanting to open up your own, especially by yourself and not having, say, someone like Louis Miguel already with you? Well, I'm going to be brutally honest. That's and, what I want. <laughs> Yeah, it's still hard. Mm. I've been doing this for 15 years and it's still hard to do it alone as a woman. Uh, I think what was easier, because the first year I opened my school, I taught salsa and reggaeton. reggaeton reggaeton was easy because there was a very small market for that, but salsa, nobody took me seriously. But then I was the one who brought bachata to Stockholm. So I had no competition, but I remember when I wanted to make my first bachata festival, I went, I was working, helping out with the economics at a nightclub. And I told him, I want to make a bachata festival and I want to make bachata socials and bachata classes. And at the same time, as I say this, the owner of the biggest school still in Stockholm walks in. Oh, and the guy asked him, he's like, what do you think about Marcella doing bachata? And he goes like, bachata only has one step. What are you going to teach? What? And I was like, so I had the, the disadvantage of starting a dance that nobody knew of. I was a woman doing everything by myself without a budget to be able to hire other people to help me. Mm. Luckily, I had uh, some people who loved bachata as much as me, and that helped me. I don't know what I would have done without Jenny Kasayima that helped me out so much in the beginning. Uh, My dad has been helping me out so much and some other people around me that has been changing through the years. Um, But it it was really, really hard. Like, no one took me seriously. And then what made it even worse was trying to get into festivals. I, I don't know how many festivals I've had to cancel last minute because I realized the organizer wasn't hire me as a professional. He wanted to hire me to share his band. Ugh. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's been hard. It's been really, really hard. And that's what I love. I mean, if you check out our Instagram accounts, mm. Uh, I run the Los Bonitillos account. We have 155,000 followers. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. And then we have Marcela Bonitilla that used to be Marcela Bachatera account. And I have less than 8,000 followers. And people say, why are you not growing that account knowing the formula? Why don't you grow your own account? And I'm like, well, on Los Bonitillos, we get messages asking, where do you teach? Guys, you're so good. When do you come to our country? On my personal account, it's dick pics. <laughs> uh, mommy, you look so sexy. Yeah. Uh, how do I get a date with you? Like, it's I have no interest going in on my own account. I post like one post every three months or something. I'm, mm. It's not the same. Horrible. Think, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to hear so that you've really, gone through really that. I'm really, really happy out of so many reasons to have this companionship, both as, <laughs> like, he's my husband, but he's also 
uh, my work uh, friend mm. and my shield. <laughs> he protects me in this business so much. And I don't even think he knows how much he does. Totally meant to be that you guys met. I truly believe that. Everything happens for a reason. You guys are perfect together. <laughs> the real power couple, you could say. I was going to talk about that next. You guys are real. And people are calling you like the power couple in the dance world. And I do want to know, and even maybe Lewis Miguel could answer this. After traveling the world now with dance, and you guys got so many fans now, as you said, hundreds of thousands of uh, Instagram followers, but also all these different festivals you're working at. You just came to Sydney. Do you find now there's a kind of a certain level of expectation and requirement now you've always got to hit to kind of keep up with the other competition out there as well? Because everybody's trying to, you know, post things on social media and become the new bachata couple or amazing dancer. Ella dice si es que ellos no ven como una pareja prudente de fuerza, si es que ahora está cambiando. Eh, nuestra manera de, porque hemos viajado tanto, pero vienen siempre nuevas parejas. Uh -huh. Si sentimos como que una presión de que tenemos que hacer más. Eh, I think we have a natural uh, feeling of always wanting to do better. Uh -huh. um, both of us, our main focus is teaching. So it's not the social media part and it's not the festivals or the shows in general mm. it's like being the best teachers we can be oh. that's what we really like beat ourselves up like if we have a bad day we're like oh no we did so bad and people would still tell us we're good but but we're like it wasn't perfect you know mm. uh, when it comes to social media we see ourselves like it's not our first field yeah. it's something that i have learned uh, during the past seven years, uh, I've been studying so much social media, web design, uh, how to broadcast on OBS and different platforms. Um, so we see that more like it's nice to see mm. how much we are influencing on others, yeah. how much we inspire people to do better, and especially in our gender, because like, in Dominican Republic, before the pandemic, if you saw a Dominican video, it was filmed by someone dancing far, far away or in a crowd of people. So you'd never like distinguish the dance or the dancer. And when we, when I went to Dominican Republic, our main focus was to show the world what Dominican bachata really was. So we started filming not only ourselves, but also others. We encouraged others to film. We did the online festivals for people to see people. Um, and I would just say that we achieved our goal. Now people are really good at social media. We have, for example, Frank Bachata, that before the pandemic, I guess no one really knew him. And now he's really hype on social media. He's doing so well. Uh, Los Mayos, um, El Negro Dulce. There's so many Dominicans out there now that are posting videos almost every day, getting a wide reach. And uh, I wouldn't say it's thanks to us, but I would say that we're a grain that helped that uh, like the snowball effect, you know, like we do a little, somebody else comes in and 
now we're all doing it together and Dominican bachata is growing so fast. I did hear you guys have quite a unique teaching style as well, don't you? I'm guessing focusing on those different elements and, you know, doing different footwork and like, I loved both of your workshops here in Sydney. Can you tell us, tell our audience a little bit more about your teaching style? Well, I would say our teaching style has a lot to do with um, what I have learned at the university and what Luis Miguel has experienced teaching people during many years. And it's, we all learn differently. Mm. And to become the best possible teacher is to use the different styles of learning. Um, Some people here uh, learn by hearing, some Mm. people learn by seeing, some people need to repeat, some people need to feel. Um, And some people need to make logic of what they're feeling. And for me, for example, I'm that kind of person. I really need to make my own logic out of things. Otherwise, I can see something, I can hear something, but I don't understand it. Mm. Um, So we try to get all of those things in. So together, normally when we're teaching something, and one of us is counting, the other one is explaining what we're doing. And then we try to do it with the music, without the music, repeat a lot, and always try to think, why are we teaching this? And what do we want to achieve by teaching this? And how can this help our student to understand the rest of it? Mm. Uh, so so we always have like this, this wider view of getting uh a knowledge and a wider understanding of why we do certain things and at this at that time and to that music I absolutely love that I'm gonna like think about that for my own dance school now that is amazing like, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you everybody learns a different way and even even a few months ago we actually have a blind student in our class now and that's been a mm. whole nother ball game because she can't see what i'm trying to explain so i got to use it all just with words or mm-hmm. you know moving her around or sometimes i draw things on her on her hand so there's so mm. many different ways uh, but i love that yeah to take my hat off to you guys Have you always wanted to learn how to dance? Always say you're going to do it, maybe even make it a New Year's resolution, but never do? Well, this is your time! Hills Latin Dancing teaches salsa, bachata, and merengue classes for all ages and fitness levels. No partner or previous dance experience is required. If you don't live in Sydney, that is okay too. We teach private lessons over Zoom for only $50. We also offer wedding dances and also a seated dance class for the elderly and those with mobility challenges. Come join us for some fun. Visit our website, hillslatindancing.com.au for more information and to book your class now. This show is brought to you by Vegas Nights, specializing in all of your party needs. They have photo booths, poker tables, and decorations for heaps of different party themes. Visit their website now at vegasnights.com.au or give them a call on 1300 135 394. Vegas Nights, you can't lose. I know how much you're in love, you guys, and you're still in such a honeymoon stage, but as we said, you guys are so meant to be together. 
but how is it working at, with the person that you're already with uh, for life? Do you guys, you know, argue about even when you do do performances, some of the choreography or who's going to do what teaching? Of course we do. I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone uh, could spend 24 hours a day, 365 days a year with one person. I mean, I wake up, he's there. Uh, I go to work, he's there. Uh, I come home, he's there. We cook, we clean together. Like the only break we have is when one of us goes to the bathroom, literally. Yes. Uh, so obviously there are things that you start picking on. Uh, but I think what makes us so, uh, like making it last is that we always try to better ourselves and we always try to talk about things. Mm -hmm. So we always uh, say like, okay, we argued, but why did we argue? What did you feel? What did I do? How did I hurt you? Or how did I step on your toes Yeah, to make like you react this way and then try to like mend it? Um, I would say the most challenging part for us is always uh, the creating new choreographies because mm -hmm. uh, I'm the kind of person who sees things and visualize things and I can see it like it would be a movie I see everything and since I already saw it and he's the kind of person that he needs to try things out so he tries things and this works and this doesn't and this blah, blah, blah. And he needs to like build to get to that place. So we really collide because I get like stressed out because I already saw it. I don't need to build it up. I already like got this perfect place. He just needs to fill out this blank mm. in my head. But obviously that's not how you work as a team member. I never had to work in a team before. So it's really challenging for me. And Luis Miguel is very used to working in teams. So for him, it's like we all contribute. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectionist, just like I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm guessing you guys kind of make sure that, you know, when it's business time it's over here if it's relationship time relationship time it's over here so that the two are separate or do you always find a little bit of them collide i think Luis miguel should answer this one eh, él, ella pregunta si es que nosotros separamos lo que es nuestra relación con el trabajo en tiempo eh, o todo es mixto o sea tenemos horas de trabajo horas de, de relación mm, mixto Mm. For me, Mister. Mm. Uh, I would say that uh, he is a person that loves having quality time and chill down time. Uh, and probably because I have ADHD, I'm working 24 seven. I'm addicted to working. It doesn't matter what kind of work it is, as long as it has to do with my field. Uh, I get a message and I'm paying invoices at 1am, doesn't matter. Uh, we can be watching a movie. I have a student asking about uh, our ITG Bachata tour. I am answering. Um, 
it's like for me I don't really separate and that's why he says like it's mixed yeah it's definitely mixed and he reminds me all of the time that okay now we have worked for 10 hours straight we need to have some chill time yeah uh, or uh, love uh, we need to eat Mm. like I can zoom out I can be a full day I can sit down by a desk and just like get up at at some hour see that it's all dark and be like what the fuck happened with the day like that <laughs> that's my personality i just yeah. like hyper uh zoom in on things and luis miguel he's like clockwork like you eat breakfast at a certain time then after a few hours you have lunch you have dinner you gotta go to the bathroom uh, which is really really good for me i always said like i need a person like that to yeah. remind me that life has to be lived and not only through my like work phone uh, so right, I think husband. that way Make we sure complement each other yeah you look after yourself really well. <laughs> yeah yeah teamwork, <laughs> teamwork. yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> well something I love about you Luis Miguel is just how you look at Marcella whenever you're dancing it's like she's the only woman on the earth and it is so beautiful <laughs> Ella dice que hay algo que le encanta sobre ti y es como tú me miras a mí, especialmente cuando bailamos, como que yo soy la única mujer del mundo. Para mí sí. <laughs> yes. He says that. Uh, for me, she is. Oh. The only woman in the world. <laughs> I love that. Oh. <laughs> that kind of does go into a little bit of what I wanted to talk about next, because when you're traveling the world and like, you know, right now with like what, nearly 11 p.m. here at night and you guys are like 3 p.m. there in Sweden, that mm. when you came over to Australia, that must have been huge jet lag. You got so you still have to do workshops and private lessons and things like that. How do you make sure you can still look after yourself? You're getting enough sleep, you know, making sure no injuries happen as well, because not only is your body your job, but also when you have to explain these moves, so is your voice. I would say that we're good planners. Uh, my favorite thing in the world is to plan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm very that today. in that way. I love planning. That's like... One of my favorite parts of my work is setting up a new project. Mm. Uh, so when we get these long trips, I try to imagine myself beforehand what's going to happen. So, for example, for Australia, we were there four days before the festival started to make sure we wouldn't be so jet lagged when the festival actually started. So Good we idea. traveled on Sunday the week before. Um, we got there Monday night, no, Tuesday night, something like that. And then we were there. Um, so, so we did some light activities, but we listened to our bodies. We, uh, tried to sleep eight hours for the first time ever. Luis Miguel had to take sleeping pills. <laughs> um, I, uh, have trouble sleeping a lot when I'm uh, like euphoric, when I get into these good moods. Yes. So for me, I'm used to not sleeping, but Luis Miguel is the kind of person who needs his eight hours. Mm. Um, so uh, it was really hard the first days, but also we were so excited. I mean, for the people who haven't been to Australia, 
What you need to understand is when you go somewhere so remotely, everything is new. It's like the, the houses, the cars, the people, they're the same, basically. But then like the birds on the streets, the the animals, the the like it's like the, the the plants, the trees, everything is different. Like nature is different. Uh, so we would just walk around and what probably would be a pigeon in Sweden was a cockatoo. And we're like, what? A cockatoo? I only see them at the zoo. You know, like it was, it was amazing. Uh, everything was just like mind blowing. And I think we were natural high the whole trip just because of that. And also with the immense love that we got from the organizers, from the students, from some uh, Instagram friends that we had from before. Uh, so we met, for example, Michael and Dory before the event. We went and saw Moro and after the festival, who is a friend of mine from Dominican Republic. Mats. We Mats, we stayed at Matt's house. Oh my God, he's an amazing person, an amazing host. He took us kayaking and he took us to the uh oh my god, what is the wildlife reserve? Uh, Featherdale. Oh, Featherdale. To, to actually pet. The, That's very, very uh, close to where we are. I'm probably like and 20 even minutes from there. Bachata with him. He's the Bacharoo now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that where you like took your little, I think it was like an Instagram video, wasn't it? When you said, we're going to be at the Bachata Festival. and <laughs> Yes, but we have an important date first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That And you guys are back next year, right? I saw that they're yeah. locked in again. Yay. <laughs> yeah, Nestor actually called us before the festival was ending and it was like, hey, guys. How would you feel about coming back next year? If you agree, we announced it tonight. And we were like, yeah, I would love I'm to I'm so go. glad you're coming back. I'm definitely in your workshops again. <laughs> I've been practicing. You'll be proud of me. I've been practicing because I'm more the Thank urban you. modern bachata girl, but I'm loving Dominican bachata. Always loved the music, but never really knew how to dance mm -hmm. it. So thank you very much. <laughs> But uh, did you. you guys stay, I'm guessing, a few more days after the festival as well and then flew back we home? We did. We did. Uh, but next year we have a better plan because uh, you learn from your mistakes. Yeah. And we realized that after festival, you're so drained. You just want to get home, basically. Mm. So what we decided for next year, we're actually going to go one and a half week before and we've invited our students. So we're actually going to have some of our students coming with us. Woo! And we're going to see a little bit more of Australia in a group. And then we're doing the festival. And then there's going to be some surprises Ooh. that uh, they're going to be announcing for the festival. As, yeah, so we're going to be around a few days before doing some other stuff. But that's... Yes, for now. I was going to have to talk to me a bit closer or we could do an interview while you're here <laughs> in person. Right. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But speaking of looking after yourself, for Luis Miguel, I noticed in a few of the videos, you wear some Fuego shoes. How did you come across those and how comfortable are they, right? I love them. <laughs> I wish we could say they're Fuego shoes, but they're not. They're <gasps> Sarah. Are they? they look like fuego. You seriously uh, me. Yeah. Uh, we fool everyone, I think. Uh, <laughs> he loves the Sara shoes. Que ella preguntó cómo 
tuviste los zapatos de fuego, pero no son ah, de fuego, no. son de Sara. Son de Sara. Ah, yeah. you guys me. Gosh, you're yeah. And I think he has some Nikes that looks like um, like Sara too. They look very much the same. He says, I don't know who copied who, but yeah. they look the same. And I'm saying it's a classic shoe. So yeah, it absolutely. looks like Fuego, uh, but it's not. Hint, hint, Fuego sponsors. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I used to wear a lot of burju, um when I used to wear high heels or whenever I do wear high heels I only use burju shoes mm. uh, but uh, lately um, after the pandemic in Dominican Republic when I went out social dancing the floor was never good enough to wear my burjus so I kind of lost that kind of muscle group to be wearing dance shoes for five hours straight. Yeah. Um, that's normally what I dance. I dance for five hours straight. I, if I can choose, I dance every song. Um, so yeah. yeah, like I need to have flats now and I think I'm uh, making slippers popular. <laughs> yes, I think so too. They look really cool in the videos, but I think you're right because even I'm not wearing heels as much and I can definitely notice mm -hmm. it. After like an hour, I'm like, oh God, take them off. <laughs> put the put the fuegos exactly. back on. <laughs> uh, well, before we finish up today, I'd love to know, do you guys have any advice for our audience today who maybe want to follow their dreams of becoming a dancer or a dance teacher? Eh, ella pregunta si tenemos alguna recomendación para la gente mirando, si es que tienen alguna, eh, un sueño de ser un bailarín o un, un profesor de baile en el mundo de, de bachata. Bueno, mi recomendación es que estudien lo más que puedan, que busquen siempre aprender y que nunca dejen de ser alumno, porque aunque tú seas profesor, Tiene que ser de vez en cuando alumno para poder mirar las cosas de otro punto de vista. So he says that uh, it doesn't matter uh, if you're a teacher or not, always keep learning. There's always something to learn. Uh, try to learn as much as possible and just do it. Um, and I would add, try to get a mentor. Yeah, you don't have to do this journey by yourself. It's a very hard industry to break into. But if you surround yourself with the right people and are clear with your intentions and show them hard work, most of us would be thrilled to mentor you. Um, it's something that I wished I would have had in a clearer way. Luis Miguel had it, his teacher, um, um, Paulino. Um, yeah, he, he was uh, the best teacher and mentor he could possibly have had. Uh, I see sometimes as Vesa Parkari part of my mentor, um, but I had a lack of mentoring for so many years. And I think I could have done my journey so much faster if I would have taken uh, more classes in teaching that particular style and uh, there wasn't that kind of classes at that time so that's why I couldn't take it 
uh, and if I would have had a mentor, like just to to understand the whole scene, how to set prices, how to um, negotiate, how to build up my social media, right. uh, which people I should be surrounding myself, how do I start events, how do I start um, my school, how does it work to actually start a business? All of these things would be so much easier if I would have had a mentor. Uh, and I highly recommend that. Yeah, because it's not just dancing. So many different things you got to think about as well. But you guys are killing it. So keep it up. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys today. I'm guessing if anybody wants to follow you, Instagram's probably the best place. Instagram, Los Bonitillos, or our webpage, losbonitillos.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much YouTube, for coming on. Instagram, Facebook, everybody. <laughs> Just Google yeah. you. Just Google it. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys coming on today. I cannot wait to hopefully have you on again in the future, maybe talk in person as well. Gracias. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much. We are Thank so happy you. to have been here with you today. And uh, to all people in Australia, can't wait to be back. Yes, this year. And to the rest of the world, see you soon. Yes. 2024, they're coming back. And make sure to go follow them, everybody. <laughs> and thank you so much for really sharing your stories today too, guys. I think uh, a lot of people will take so much from it for themselves if they want to get into dancing or just expose themselves to a whole nother lifestyle, right? Dominican bachata, whether you get into it or not, but... <laughs> And you're doing really well. You know, you did really well with your dance school, Marcella. So I'm so proud of you. Girl power, making, Thank just you. proven women can do it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, keep in touch, guys. And we'll uh, have you on again soon. Thank you. See you soon. Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Check out all the videos to our interviews on our YouTube channel at Rave It Up TV and visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you can have the life you have always dreamt about. The only thing stopping you is you. So go out there and get it.